one verse of scripture, 1 Samuel 17 and 10. 1 Samuel 17 and 10. This is from the story of David and Goliath. And Goliath is speaking and says, The Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. I'm against you. Give me a man. The enemy's calling us out, guys. The enemy's calling us out. Give me a man that we may fight together. I want to talk to us for a few moments, our guys, today on this, the measure of a man, the measure of a man. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you today for your goodness and mercy and for what you've done in this house, for the deliverance that has been felt, Lord, for the deliverance that has been had in this place, for the healings and the miracles that are taking place in our lives. And thank you, Lord, for your presence as we praised and worshiped you for all these great things. And now, Lord, let our ears hear what you would say. God, encourage us and strengthen us in this day. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. You clap your hands to the Lord before you're seated this morning. God's good. God's good to us. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for our music team who hung in here and played and worshiped with us. Gave us a place and atmosphere to worship today. And just going above and beyond as they seem to always do. They just do a great job. Thankful for our media and music and everybody. Appreciate everybody that makes all this work. The first human ever created was a man. In the beginning, there was God, and God created man in his image. Adam. He had fellowship with God. He had purpose with God, and God gave him dominion over the earth. He was created in the image of the Almighty. You've heard me say this before. We have an image to uphold. We need to be who God created us to be. We need to be men. We need to be men of God. Hello. Come on, guys. I need to get these guys. I need you to preach with me today. We need to be who God created us to be. From the beginning, God had fellowship with man. He desired fellowship with man. He was, uh, man was created in his image, and then God gave him dominion. It's time as men of God that we start taking back some of this territory that the enemy's taken from us. Tough crowd. Now we say, you, and you've heard it said, and you probably used the expression, you, maybe, maybe as you were growing up, you, know, you, you had a coach or a dad or somebody that said, would tell you if something happened, be a man. Yeah. Implying, you know, you be tough, or you be responsible, or you, you get it, uh, man up, be a man. But it would be better for us to go just a little farther and be a little more thorough and not just say be a man, but be a man of God. 
Be who God intended you to be. Fulfill your purpose. Take dominion. Have fellowship with your creator. Walk in his image. Listen, it's more, being a man is more than just your gender. There ain't no question about that. God made them male and female. No matter what the world says or thinks or tries to imply today, you're either born a man or a woman, and that's it. That don't change. But I'm not here to debate that today. There ain't no sense in debating something that's just an established fact. He said that's, that's determined by God, not us. But there is an enemy out there today and we need men of God to answer the cry to meet the challenge. Goliath said, give me a man. And here comes a boy. But in God's sight, according to what Samuel would write in 1 Samuel 13 and 14, it says the Lord sought him a man after his own heart. And he was talking about this boy, David. When David comes to Saul, or well, let's just back up one step further. When David rides into camp and sees his brothers, they see a boy. When David comes into Saul's tent and says, don't be afraid, I'll go fight, Saul sees a boy and says, you can't fight him. You're a youth. He's a man, a man of war from his youth. And when David finally steps out onto the battlefield, Goliath sees a boy and belittles David. But there's a lesson that we learn from the time when Samuel went to anoint David that God sees things a little differently than we do. In 1 Samuel 16 and 7, it says, The Lord said unto Samuel, Don't look on his countenance, on his height or his stature, because uh, he was talking about one of David's older brothers. He said, because when he saw him, he was so big and wide-shouldered and just surely this is the Lord's anointed. This is the new king. But he said, I refused him. He said, for the Lord does not see as a man sees. For a man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 and 2 and 4, it says this. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus, in verse 2, called a little child unto him and set them in the midst of them. In verse 4 says, whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He said, it's about the faith that you have in me. If you have faith as a little child, and he knew that David was just a lad, that he was just a boy, that uh, who he was. But this boy had been singing songs to the Lord. This boy had been sitting out there watching over his father's sheep and had been praising God and praying and talking to God. And, and he had killed a bear and a lion with his hands. He had uh, delivered his father's sheep from the enemy time and time again. He said, and I know that this Philistine is going to end up in the same fashion. In the natural eye, they saw a boy. But because David was right with God, he was referred to as a man after God's own heart. The measure of the man is not his stature. It's not his bank account. It's not his education. 
it's not his skill and it's not his age, but how is your heart with God? Come on. What we need today is some men that not just relying on how much money they got or how much skill they got or how much they can bench press or how many push-ups they can do, but how is their heart with God? Are they spending time in fellowship with their creator? Are they walking in the image of the one who made them? Are they taking dominion that God gave them over the things that are going on in this world? We need some men of God today. Hello. We don't need to just be a man, but we need to be a man of God. Too many times people have just laid that man of God title on pastors and evangelists and and people who stand behind pulpits or hold a license. Every single living man can be a man of God because every single man was created in the image of God. I'm telling you today, we need men of God. Look, in David, this man was a fighter. And fighters got to have heart. Just ask Rocky. When David rides into the city after this battle, he's still, age-wise, he's just a boy. But they're saying, here comes Saul that killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Because David in his heart was right with God. He fought for his family. He fought for God's people. He fought for the name of the Lord. And that's the measure of a man. Where is your heart when it comes to God? The Bible says wherever our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And so where is our heart today with God? What are we thinking about? What are we spending our time in? What are we passing off to others when there are things that we ought to be doing. The greatest role that you will ever fulfill as a dad, if, you, if you're a father in here today and or soon-to-be father, let me tell you this. You can teach them how to hit a ball, be a good coach. You can teach them how to hunt and have you a hunting buddy or a fishing buddy. Man, you can teach them how to uh, we, we've, we can teach them nothing. We can teach them how to camp. We can teach them how to hike. We can teach them how to do anything, and that's fine. Man, it's fine. They, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But the greatest thing you can ever be to your child is be a man of God. Oh, come on. Be a man of God. Because there's too many people in the world today that's teaching our young men and our boys to be something other than what God created them to be? Come on, it's just the truth. That's the world we live in. They're trying to change and tell them they can just pick and decide. They need some examples. They need some mentors. They need to hear us praying. They need to see us worshiping. They need to see us preaching. They need to see us leading. We need some men of God. 
We need them today. Where are the men of God today? In Ezekiel 22 and 30, the Lord said, I sought for a man among them that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But then he said, but I found none. The Lord said, if there would just be somebody that would stand in the gap, if I could find a man that would stand up in faith, it could stop the destruction. It could stop terrible things from happening. And I'm telling you today, guys, that there's a lot more power in us than you think. That if we could just stand up as men of God, we could stop some destruction that's going on in our families. Hello. Some destructions that's going on in our city or in our world today. If we would just, because God's looking for somebody that'll just stand up and say, I, that I, hey, I know you got shields and spears and swords, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I need somebody today that will stand in the gap, make up the hedge so the enemy can't break through. I need somebody to intercede, somebody to declare what I've given them, the power, the authority, the dominion. Where are the men? Moses gave us a great example of this. In Deuteronomy 9, verses 18 through 20, Moses is reminding Israel, here's what happened when God was about to take you out. He said, I fell down before the Lord as at the first 40 days and 40 nights that I didn't eat bread, drink water because all of your sins which you sinned in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and the hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against you to destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him and I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. God told Moses that I'll just get back, get out of the way, and I'll destroy Israel, and then I'll just raise up a new people. But Moses said, don't do it, God. Don't do it. If you're going to take them out, then take me out. Remember how you delivered them. Remember how you brought them out. Remember your long-suffering and your mercy. I know you don't clear the guilty, but man, you've got great mercy. And he interceded. He stood in the gap. He made up the hedge. And Israel was spared because Moses, because a man of God was willing to say, I'm here, Lord. I'm here to intercede. Don't take them out. Don't destroy them. He stopped the destruction of God's people because he was willing to stand up. And I'm telling you guys, if we would start standing up in the name of the Lord, we got to stop bowing down and backing up and keeping our mouth closed, and then we will just start standing up in the name of the Lord and saying, I am a child of God. I am a man of God. I am full of spirit or power by the spirit of my God. Come on, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And God has filled these men in this room with his spirit. God gave you the Holy Ghost, uh, not for some kind of accessory in your life, uh, but a necessity so you could stand up in authority and say, get thee hence, get out of my way, get under my feet, be gone, be, come on somebody. Where are the men of God? Ah, we need men today. Men of God that'll stand in the gap. Now listen, ladies, 
don't get me wrong. I love y'all. Now, you, I'm not just preaching to our men because I don't believe in our women. My wife will tell you, I love these praying, faithful women in our church. Man, they, when we have our men's the split prayer, I, I tell the men every time, let's go on down there because I know what's going on down there in that sanctuary. Them women tearing the carpet up. Angels are being loosed. There's all kind of things happening. That's, that's our, hey, I'm serious. Our women are releasing angels in our presence. These women are speaking deliverance and they're imparting things to people and they're speaking words of wisdom from the Lord. And these women are mighty, powerful, strong, used of God. They are women of God and we got to have them. God created them male and female. In his image created he them. God gave Adam, even though he was in God's image, he said it's still not good for him to be alone. And so he gave him a wife. He gave him that woman. And so, uh, ladies, I love you, and I thank God for your faithfulness. But let me tell you, guys, it's a disservice when we pass off what we ought to be doing to our wives. I can talk to the men like that. You hear me. That's not right. It's out of order. The Lord said do things decently and in order. And, and we don't need to be passing off the spiritual responsibilities to our wives. We ought to be encouraging them and God's going to use them in gifts. He's going to use them in prophecies. He's going to use them in preaching and teaching and doing. But that doesn't mean, well, they're doing all that. I don't have to, I'll, just, I'll just take care of, the, I'll just cut the grass. Man, God put us together and he gave us a woman for a help. So we need to be praying together. We need to be working together. We need to be leading together. It can't be the wife handling all the spiritual responsibility. It wasn't meant to be like that. Sometimes it is. Sometimes a woman marries a man and he don't believe, and that's, that's a different scenario. But when there are two Holy Ghost-filled people living in a house married together, guys, stop it. Don't pass the spiritual responsibility all, don't lay it all on your wife. You pray for your children too. Yeah, you pray and you preach to your wife and you preach to your kid and, and you, you be the spiritual authority in your house. Be what God calls, that's not a taskmaster, that's not a, a, a dictator, but be the spiritual authority like the scripture says. Christ is the head of man, man's the head of the woman. That's just, that's just how it lines up. Your neck ain't sitting on top of your head. That's a bad place. Everything's in order. Let's get it in order, guys. I'm not scolding you. I'm just reminding us who we are today. It might look like as a mean and terrible and a much bigger enemy than we are. But with the name of the Lord on our side, if our heart is right with God, all we know is that he's going to fall too because I am a man of God. We need them. In John 5 and 7, the man at the pool of Bethesda, when the Lord said, will you be made whole? He said, sir, listen to how sad this is. I have no man 
I don't have anybody, I don't have a man when the water's troubled to put me in the pool. And so while I'm trying to get there, trying to come down, another person steps down for me, and I, I always miss it because I don't have a man to help me into the miraculous. I don't have a man to lead me to the miracle that I need. And, and, and when, when there is no man, people go without. Do you hear me? God will use whoever is available. But he has desired for his men to be men of God, men of faith, praying men, fasting men, know the word of God, righteous men, holy men, royal priesthood, holy nation. That's who he called us to be. And where there is no man, people go without. In the parable of the, the Good Samaritan, we read about a man who was attacked and left for dead on the side of the road and, and, and men were just walking past him and the priest comes by and walks on by. He's the priest and he walked by. Just him walking by didn't heal him. It didn't fix him. He needed somebody. And until the Samaritan, this man stopped put him on his own mule and, and rode him into town and bound up his wounds and used everything he had to fix him and then even gave money to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. If he owes anything, when I come back, I'll pay for it. He stood in the gap and the Samaritan, his neighbor, lived. We talked about four men of faith this morning who made up the gap for their, man, their friend who was laying on a bed and could not move and they made up the gap. These four men did something, went to Jesus, tore off the roof, lowered their friend down, got a healing for him. They, they, the men, what if those men had not been those men of faith that day? This guy still, he dies with his infirmity probably. Oh, how many things are being lost today because us as men are not doing what God put in us to do. He put it in us to do this. It's there. And so I want you to know today that the measure of the man is not how much scripture you can quote. The measure of the man is not that you've had perfect attendance for 10 years in church. The measure of the man is how is your heart with God? How is your heart with God? We need men of God today. We need men of God. I want our to do as we did. Let's stand together. And honey, you can come to the music. And I want us to do like we did for our ladies. We had all those that were mothers come down. I'd like for all of our dads to come to the front. All of our dads, those that are, even those that are dads to be can come if they would like to this morning. I want our, our, our dads to come. We're going to pray for our, our dads today. And, and then some of you... Others can fill in a little bit behind them or just you can stretch your hand toward them. Guys, I want you to, I want you to listen to me for a second. In, in Psalm chapter uh, 37, verses 23 and 24, I want to read this to you. Listen. The steps of a good man, and today we're going to say for all these men that are fathers, I'm not trying to change scripture because fathers are men. The steps of a good father 
are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And though this father fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Dads, you're doing a good job. I know sometimes with all the responsibilities of life, struggles, things happen, you can feel like, man, I'm just making a mess of everything. But I want you to know that the steps of a good dad, a good father, a good man are ordered by the Lord. God sees where you're walking. And if you fall, and maybe you've fallen, maybe you've slipped up, maybe you've made some mistakes in your life, that doesn't mean God's done with you. You're still able to be the man of God that he called you to be. You are men of God, filled the Holy Ghost, baptized in his name, washed in his blood. You are men of God. Do you hear that? You hear your pastor today? You are men of God. And so if David could take Goliath's sword that the Goliath was going to kill him with, David, when the Goliath hit the ground, he runs up, he takes the sword of Goliath and cuts off Goliath's head with it. He killed Goliath with what Goliath was going to use to kill him. Well, then I'm going to take the words of Goliath. And we're going to use it to turn it around on him. And I'm going to call all these men and all the men that in the sound of my voice, but these dads especially today, give me a man that we may not fight each other, but that we may fight together. Hello. Give me a man that we may fight together. I'm issuing a call to the battle, guys, because the world is after our families, after our children, after our churches, after our lives. And we as men have got to make up the gap. We've got to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. We've got to fill the spot. So give me a man that we may fight together, not against each other, but with each other and for each other so we can stand up for God and the truth of His Word. So we can have strong fathers and husbands resulting in strong families which will result in a strong church body. Give me men so we can have praying men of God, so we can have mentors and teachers and helps and ministries in the church. Give me men so we can fight the enemy together because two are better than one. Let's make up the gap. Let's let God see us as men after his own heart because that is the measure of a man. Not how long you've been in church. Oh, no, not your pedigree. How's your heart with God? 